Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, April 27th, 2022. I'm one of your host, Blessing, Addie Elliott Jr. Joining me is Gameonesis, a.k.a. Janet Garcia. Yo, what's good, Blessing? Not much, Janet. Janet, I appreciate the Fallout shirt. Yeah, this is actually uh, my boyfriend's shot to that because he's like, yeah, you can have this until I maybe fit back into it again. So I'm like, all right, sweet, free shirt. That answers the, my next question, which was going to be like, did you get that shirt after you started playing Fallout 4? Because you are a new Fallout fan. Yeah, I guess, you know, that's it's such a it's weird to take that title in 2022. But yeah, I am, I am still playing through that. It's funny because I've dabbled in like two random Fallout games. Like I played a little bit of three many years ago. And then I was like, should I do that? Should I go to four? Uh, and it was advised to just go to four. So that's what I'm working on now. I haven't picked it up in a long time but I was say, what is another... the four update are you are you planning on continuing it are you enjoying it i am enjoying it i really like it i like how um i don't like the combat admittedly like at least the gunplay combat like i'm not good at it so like pretty early on i'm like you know what this sounds like an easy mode moment for me so i knocked mm. it down just to like make it a little bit less so that i had to get good at combat that i didn't really like that much of um, the melee combat cool, using though. it's nice and crunchy uh, uh yeah but like mm. i just i don't know i'm just not good at it but i'm like it's fine like i'll I, just I, turn it down i feel like that's the story for i imagine most people that play fallout where they are like yeah the, the actual combat is serviceable like that's the reason why vats is there because they know the combat's bad and so they give you this additional option to actually yeah. play it more strategically and then i figured like okay well if that's the vibe anyway i feel like it's not that it's ever a big deal to knock something down to easy anyway like it's mm. still if you're struggling with something, you're still probably getting around the same experience as someone who feels like they can handle normal. Um, but yeah, that's kind of why I'm like, you know what? I don't want to have to deal with like getting better or worrying about this. So like easy just makes it so I can just beam through. But mostly I just spent a lot of time so far after doing like a couple like mission things, um, just working on fixing, making my town look, I, I want to say nice, but it's like decrepit because it's like after like nuclear fallout so it doesn't really look nice but you know i picked up the branches like i'm like oh you can make furniture in this game like i got like a flag posted up and like i'm hanging out with people like i'm having fun in the like the dark apocalyptic wasteland that is like this animal crossing fallout world i've conceptualized in my mind and that's the big thing i spent a lot of my time on but i don't know when i'm gonna go back i'm just i'm just taking it casual you know a lot of what we do is not very casual here this is my casual moment you know in eight years i'll be like Still playing Finished. Fallout on PS6. I'm still going. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I've not met Nick Valentine yet, but my town looks really nice. Oh, like, I've created exactly. A, a cool like, what dystopian. are we playing? Like six years from now, I'm gonna be like, y'all are gonna laugh, but I picked Fallout. <laughs> Fallout Four. Yeah. I need you to like let me know when you meet Nick Valentine, who is the best okay. character in that game. I fucking adore Nick. Have you not met Nick Valentine yet? I don't think so. Oh, man, you're it, really it focused on little, this town. It, it, it does take a little bit to get there. I don't, I don't think know. so. I'm like okay. pretty early on. I'm only like a few hours into it. So okay. have you made early. it to Diamond City? I don't think so. Like oh, I, made, I did like you a, wait for you to continue. I, don't know. I did the first like you you know you get out the this is like so such an old story. <laughs> you get out the vault, you know. Um, you do like a few missions, and then you have to like go somewhere. You know, some crazy shit comes out of the ground. And then you go back to your town and then there's like mm. people there and there's like someone who's like, hey, I like kind of want to get high, but I can like see I can tell your fortune if you give me drugs. And I'm like, this seems like a scam, but I want you to like me. But then someone else is like, I don't like that you gave her drugs. And I'm like, you can't win. You can't win in this town. <laughs> That's where I'm at. I, I think you're you're playing the game the perfect way, which is I'm just going to live in this world and just experience things as they come to me because for the things that i'm mentioning right like nick valentine uh, sure. the diamond city all this stuff for me they're really cool reveals right like i love that character i love getting to that city and i was like oh shit like this is dope as hell and like the game keeps delivering on that level but for as like patiently as you're taking it and as like 
focused you are on the actual elements that they wanted to like really um, uh, sell with the game, right? Like the actual settlement stuff was a big selling point and it was a big like we want to this is the thing that makes Fallout 4 Fallout 4. The fact that you can, you know, use all the resources that you're finding in the world and convert them into this town you're making and have characters in, in um, a settlement come back and, and exist in its own, right? Like that was the thing that they pushed and that was the thing that I think divided people. Like for me, I didn't fuck with the settlement stuff, which meant that I didn't fuck with a good percentage of Fallout 4, even though I still yeah. love Fallout 4 and I really dug the story and I I, I, I like the combat and I like so much of that game. The settlement stuff, which was the new selling point, was the thing that I was like, eh, I, I can take it or leave it. Like, I'm not really going to mess with it. But for you, actually, like, engaging with that stuff and seemingly enjoying it, I think that, I think, one, you're going to get a lot more out of the game. And then also, I think that's going to make the other things, other things hit harder because you are, like taking your time you are going to get to certain reveals and go oh shit this was here the whole time and now i get to actually like hang out and talk to these guys oh shit like you're gonna have a lot of that stuff go down and even if it's over the course of the next eight years of you playing it at least you'll you know finish it faster than uncharted 4 yeah i that's not true because i'm playing uncharted 4 actively in this one i haven't picked up in a while but shout out to the basketball hoop that i also put in my yard but also we don't have any food so everyone's slowly perishing anyway we can anyway, get into it <laughs> enough about fallout 4 let's talk about today's stories which include overwatch hitting a new peak twitch concurrent record a nintendo switch sports review roundup and more because this is kind of funny games daily each and every week at 10 a.m live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about if you're watching live you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong if you don't want to watch live you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames roosteeth.com or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you a new kind of funny games cast is up right now uh, it is my review in progress of nintendo switch sports along with andy and mine's impressions of the overwatch 2 beta you can catch that right now on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and on podcast services around the globe thank you to our patreon producers fargo brady pranksy and anonymous today brought to you by brother printers lumen skin and razor but we'll tell you about that later for now let's begin with what is and forever will be the Rover Report. It's time for some news. We have five stories today. A baker's dozen. Starting with our number one, Janet. Is Overwatch back? I asked the question because I have an article here from Christian Angelus at IGN who writes, Overwatch hits peak Twitch viewership after Overwatch 2 beta opens. The article reads like this. The long in development Overwatch 2 finally went live with a PvP beta this afternoon, and this article was written late yesterday. Soon after launch, the first Overwatch broke its previous record of total Twitch viewership in mere hours. In honor of the sequel beta, several high-profile Twitch streamers such as Lyric, Myth, and most notably XQC streamed the first Overwatch. The, the game peaked at around 450,000 views today, and XQC's amassed over 150,000 views over Overwatch on his own. Overwatch fans have been dying to see if they were selected for the Overwatch 2 PvP beta. The only way of accessing a beta key is to watch partnered streamers for a certain length of time while having their Blizzard Battle.net account linked on Twitch. Lucky users can pick up a PC beta code uh, only until May 17th. In a tweet from Nathan Grayson of the Washington Post, sources have stated that Overwatch has suffered from Activision Blizzard's aggressive demands for both a sequel and an esports league. The company's well-reported workplace lawsuits haven't helped either, and there have been several high-profile exits from the company in the past several years. With over 50 million units sold in the over original Overwatch, there is, a, there is a whole lot riding on Blizzard for developing a worthy sequel. For years, fans over Overwatch had been seeing issues from delayed hero releases to seeing Jeff Kaplan, Overwatch's original game director, leave the company entirely exactly one year ago. Janet, two questions. One, what is your history with Overwatch? Have you played Overwatch? Do you like Overwatch? And then two, um, what is your view on what's happening with Overwatch? Have you, what, what are your thoughts on the peak and current Twitch viewers? Do you think it's a renaissance? Um, my history with Overwatch is a little bit sparse, but it was like, I guess a flash in the pan was kind of like the, my history with Overwatch because it came out and it was all anyone could talk about when it dropped. Like it, mm. I kind of wasn't paying attention to like what was going on, like leading up to the release of Overwatch. But then like once it dropped, everyone I knew was playing it. Um, and this is also when I 
first really decided I wanted to like write about games and like be in the games media space. Like it was kind of in that, it was either like right when I decided or like right before I had decided. So I was already like dabbling and doing some writing and I was already talking like really regularly with a team of like writers who like did blogging and all that stuff that I worked alongside of. So I was like, okay, cool. Like all of y'all are talking about this. I want to at least know what's going on. I feel like that was in a weird way. I think Overwatch was like one of the first games that I played just to like know a little bit about it um and since then of course that's i've done that a bunch like that's one of the big proponents of like what i do and how i go about covering content um and i liked it fine admittedly it's it's interesting because i think it's one of the more approachable games in its genre but at the same time i feel like i did have the struggle of understanding really basic stuff just because i don't play those kind of games at all um so it was it was fine for for me for what it was because i'm not as used to that kind of thing so it didn't like blow my mind it wasn't something that like i stick around to but that's because i don't really play that kind of genre in general um and then you know the year continued on and i feel like it was the biggest conversation point and i think it was for a lot of outlets like game of the year that year um so yeah that's kind of my quick history with overwatch um as far as what do i think is happening now um i think it's just going to depend on how overwatch 2 ultimately hits but i think as long as it's still around that same quality or somewhat competitive with it and adding new elements um it's I don't want to say guaranteed to be successful, but I feel like it's set up pretty strongly because it's I think about something like the the ongoing games that I play or like the games that like have, uh, you know, similar loop when you go into a franchise. So like for me, like it's Splatoon where it's like Splatoon 3 is coming out. I'm excited, even though it's more the same. I feel like Overwatch 2 is probably going to be generally more of the same but a little bit different but if it still like hits then it's gonna hit with that audience and that audience is way more massive than like you know something like splatoon which is a little bit more you know it's on intent it's like not it doesn't have that kind of virality to it and of course we could argue about like quality as well but like i think if it just hits it's gonna hit because it's the same kind of product and like the base formula is a strong one um as far as like is there gonna be does this mean there's gonna be a renaissance for it i mean i think they set it up well and they did a smart thing of like with the beta key drops being attached to like the views like that's an easy way to really like incentivize so many elements of both like streaming because then you get people to watch you to get the keys and it's like this really good loop that they've created for themselves which is smart when you want one excitement and two people getting into the beta and kind of getting to test out like what is this like straight network wise i don't know how much feedback or changes they're going to make in terms of like gameplay itself based on the beta but like it's just a smart move on their part to also create the conversation that we're having now right like we're talking about this because they were able to bolster and create that but at the same time i want to give them credit because of course like the reason that there is excitement for it is because it is like a good and viable strong product that people are excited to get back to yeah i think you hit the nail nail on the head i think it is the double whamming double double whammy right of the marketing move of having it be this twitch drop thing where if you are if you have your your uh, account linked to your twitch your blizzard account linked to your twitch and you watch a certain amount of hours then yeah you will get access to the pvp beta i think that does so much for getting those numbers up like right now still looking overwatch 2 numbers are insane even today and i think yeah that is because people want to get into it and i think the other the other side of it is the fact that it is Overwatch 2. This is the first time we're seeing this game being played out in the open. This is the first time we're seeing this many people get their hands on the game. And I think this is the test of, all right, like, what does Overwatch 2 mean, right? We, we, we've watched the streams. We've watched the dev diaries. We've watched Jeff, Gap, Jeff Kaplan talk about uh, uh, his vision for Overwatch 2 before he left, right? And we've seen them continue to, to talk about how... Yeah, no, this is going to be a lot of tweaks. It is going to be us um, uh, adding in some some visual polish. It is going to be us adding in some changes to certain maps, adding in a new mode, adding in a, a new character, adding in um, reworks for, for, for existing characters. And I think the question that seems to be on most people's minds with Overwatch 2 is how big of a step is it? How much has changed, right? Like last uh, yesterday... I think I streamed a total of about six and a half hours of Overwatch 2, between three hours on the Kind of Funny stream and then three and a half hours on my own stream. And the chat I kept seeing over and over again was the message of, hey, this looks the same. Is it new? Like, how does it feel? Like, what is this game? And I think there are so many questions regarding Overwatch 2 because it is a game called Overwatch 2, right? And Janie, you mentioned that when the game came out in 2016, it was the big conversation piece that year. And Overwatch continues to be something that I think does mean a lot for 
competitive PvP games. It means a lot for obviously class-based shooters and like just first-person shooters in general because I think it was so fresh and it was so new and it was so I would even say innovative when it came out in 2016. It reminds me the conversation that we had about Overwatch when it came out then reminds me of how we talk about Elden Ring today or how we talked about uh, uh, Breath of the Wild in 2017 or how we talk about like any game that comes comes out and it's like oh shit, like God of War 2018, right? Like, oh shit, I can't, like, this is so good. You know, you mentioned it being something that seems a bit more approachable for people to get into, right? Like in 2016, when Overwatch came out, it was the Overwatch beta that sold me immediately. I did not care about it uh, going, going into it, right? I had heard for like the six months prior, people talking about, man, oh, oh, have you heard about Overwatch? It's Blizzard's new hero shooter. And I'll hear that and I'd go, all right, so like uh, that that sounds cool. Like I'm glad for you. Like my friend like Alex Van Aken over at um Game Informer, right? Like he was my buddy at the time. He was like, Yeah, dude, like fucking Overwatch sounds in- insane. I'd be like, Okay, cool. Like I- I'm I hope I hope you had fun with it, right? But when that beta hit, downloaded it, and upon my first match, I remember so vividly, I picked Reaper, who is this uh DPS hero, like he's an a- attack hero, has to two pistols that he carries which are basically shotguns right and he like goes through and he mercs people right that's his whole thing is he gets close and he fucking destroys you i remember him being my first pick going into a um uh one of the modes we need to where you need to push the payload i think it was the the gibraltar map or not gibraltar sorry that's like the uh or fuck maybe it is gibraltar kind of funny.com slash you're wrong i'm like conflating apex and, and um overwatch but you guys know what i mean uh it was doing that mode right and i remember going around and like within like the first uh, stretch of pushing the payload, being like, wow, this feels good. Wow, this looks good. Wow, this is fun. Wow, this is uh, um, um, engaging, right? And like immediately getting it. And I think Overwatch has that effect on people. And so for it to have that back then, I think that gets so many people involved. And then yeah, years later as Overwatch grows and Overwatch does the Overwatch League and Overwatch has this uh, presence that grows bigger and bigger and they do the the, 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 the balancing changes, right? And they do the um, uh, the competitive changes, right? And like they, they, they create this game that is constantly updating and constantly growing and constantly changing that now you have it getting this two sticker on it and you're like, all right, what does this mean? And I think for what that means is after playing it for pretty much most of the day yesterday is the fact that this is the biggest rework that Overwatch has gotten. And I think people are into it. People are into the idea of Overwatch getting a refresh because Overwatch has been Overwatch for the last six, six, six-ish years. Because, uh, yeah, it came out in 2016. So, yeah, six years. I think people are looking for something that is going to have that similar level of impact. And for me playing it yesterday, I was like, man, I haven't, I haven't felt this way about overwatch since playing on day one which is the biggest compliment that i can give it um that said it's not brand new it's not crazy it's not like a great a ground up you know recreation of what overwatch is it is virtually the same game but i think for what they've added right I, we talked about on the games cast that it is for me a very much a don't fix what's not broken let's rework the characters let's rework Arissa. gave her give her a new move set make her more viable and more fun um let's add in the new map let's let's make the new mode dope right and it seems like those are the things that they're really leaning into and i think those things are working um and like janet based on like what i'm saying and also like what you've seen on twitter and what you've seen people out there to talk about overwatch like does it seem like it's hitting does it seem like when when you glance at twitter do you feel like people are into overwatch again in the way that i'm talking about or do you feel like it is a bit more um um like chill in that yeah anecdotally i feel like i ha- i personally in my timeline for who i follow have not seen a lot like the only overwatch 2 stuff like the reason i knew about like the beta and everything was because i still i never turned off the notifications for your stream after you played final fantasy stranger paradise and i saw you were playing it and i was like oh, okay like i like this is wild that it's finally like you know so, so a version of it's available right it's not the full release but like a beta mm-hmm. of it um but yeah it hasn't been like hot on my personal timeline yet but that also could just be you know who i follow and like the kind of games they play or also maybe they just haven't gotten to it or they're waiting for like of the full release or there's there's a number of reasons i think people might not be playing yet but i think it's well here's here's a question i have for you in a year like Mm -hmm. as packed as this year do you think it's going to be like how do you see the excitement going for this do you think it's going to like be fine do you think it's going to struggle to kind of break through the noise of like still elden ring still all these other games that are like coming out that have come out um like do you think that has that working against it or is it ultimately not going to matter because like overwatch is overwatch and it's going to hit regardless i think it's ultimately not going to matter because overwatch is overwatch and it's going to hit regardless right like i think the game has that level of cachet. It is such a different game than the other games that are hitting this year, right? Like, it is not Elden Ring. It is not Horizon. It is not Pokemon, right? Like, 
over, over the Overwatch 2 fan base is hardcore or the Overwatch fan base I should say is hardcore about Overwatch and it separates itself enough and it's a big enough event um if anything I think the more comparable thing to or the more more appropriate thing to compare it to would be something like a Halo Infinite you know which had a free to play component but then also it had the even though the campaign you could get via Game Pass right it had the campaign that was the premium component there I think there's still the question of how Overwatch 2's launch is going to go in terms of how much is the multiplayer are we even paying for the multiplayer is it going to be free to play are we just paying for the single player are they going to be released separately at separate times because like as i'm playing the multiplayer right now i'm like you could just release this <laughs> like this feels like a game that could just come out like this in the, the beta is going up until may 17th i think there's going to be a lot of balancing after the beta is done because i do think like one or they're going to nerf orissa because orissa is being used like crazy right now because she is so good there i think uh the push mode could still use a bit more balancing and a bit more tweaking to make it something that's more engaging because i still like every time the push mode would come through which again is the new mode in overwatch that is basically like a tug of, tug of war type of thing. Every time that mode would come through, I'll still be like, eh, I'd rather be playing, you know, uh, any other mode, right? Like, it's not hitting as hard. And I think that, I think that's purely because it is the new thing. And there's mm -hmm. been so much um, polishing and reworking and balancing of the other modes because they've been around for the last six years. Whereas, like, push, this is the first time out in the wild in front of this many people. This is the first time they're getting a view of it like this right and i think with that they're going to get so much feedback and so much like all right this is how we make it work this is what we need to fix this is what we need to do i think there's still so much of st that stuff left to do but with that said right like i wouldn't be surprised if we if we got overwatch 2 at least the multiplayer in official release later this year right like mm -hmm. i don't think i i feel like that is imminent after playing the beta i think the question is more so where is single player in the co-op campaign at, right? Like how far along is that? Is that ready for release? Because I think that is going to be the big thing that makes the two in Overwatch 2 feel like a two as opposed to just a 1.5 content update. Um, and I think that's going to be the thing that really brings people in in terms of wanting to put down money for it. And so um, with that, like if that stuff hits, then I think that's going to be very big for Overwatch 2 because I think that then feels like a cool a new a big old wave of people are coming through because they want to experience that because it, it does remind them of like a new um uh, left for dead meets destiny kind of thing in terms of like the kind of game it is but then also the ongoing nature of it right like if they're able to put it out and it has the on the content updates if it has the story if it has the characters that we love and like cutscenes and um uh satisfying progression earning satisfying um uh, abilities all that stuff then I think that's going to hit real hard, and I think people are going to be really into it. But I think a lot of that stuff is up up in the air, and I think there's still a lot more to show in terms of single player and how that's going to work. But I'm excited. Right. Like, right now, I am very excited for Overwatch. And to the question of, is Overwatch back? I think for the time being, right? And again, like, for the, I think the Twitch numbers are a hard thing to gauge on because of the marketing campaign for it and because of how much uh, how many people are watching it so they can get access to the Overwatch 2 beta. But I think the fact that that many people are watching it to get access to the Overwatch beta alone speaks volumes exactly. to the fact that people want it. People want to play it. People are into it. Um, and I think a lot of people are excited about it. And so that's at least a good thing. Janet, let's hop in to story number two. Uh, we got a Nintendo Switch Sports Review Roundup for you. Uh, right now, it is sitting on Metacritic at a 75 and on OpenCritic at a 74. I'm going to start off with Colin Stevens at IGN, who gave it a 7 out of 10 and says, Nintendo Switch Sports, like Wii Sports and Wii Sports Resort before it, is best played as a party game, broken out for any gathering that needs a quick injection of goofy active fun. While its sports mix mixture of old and new sports varies in quality, Switch Sports largely sticks the landing on what made its predecessor memorable intuitive motion controls the ability to effortlessly get a group of people up and moving and some killer menu music that's liable to get stuck in your head all day just don't expect to spend a whole lot of time with it before the novelty wears off and then kurt indovina at gamespot gave it a 7 out of 10 and says playing by myself for an extended period of time was boring and monotonous in the absence of certain single player modes is a major oversight but nintendo switch sports is a fantastic multiplayer game that for the most part invites anyone and everyone to pick up a controller and flail their, their limbs about it, it has its issues but they fall away when you have other people to play with and are joyously going toe-to-toe -to -toe in virtual sports as with the original wii sports nintendo switch sports finds beauty in, in beauty and fun in simplicity and bowling is great better better than real life bowling uh okay. again that is oh, kurt oh, okay. yeah well, like, was, okay. listen oh, 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 fuck it. all right chill the listen. fuck out is it is better he than wrong? real life bowling or are you yeah. is it easier than real life bowling yeah like real life bowling is awesome like, why i mean real life bowling is cool it's ass 
All right. Do you remember playing Wii Bowling back in the day? That shit was fire. Not as much as actual going to like a bowling lane, Blessing. Nah, man. The bowling ball is too heavy. The shoes are uncomfortable. Fuck it, dude. Just Let's get different, uh, different Too many balls. lights. Are you, you know, you seem like the type of person that wouldn't want to get the different ball because they're like, no, it's fine. It's like, just pick the lighter one. It's yeah. not that just big a deal. It's I'm, I'm the judging the balls by the holes. If my ball... If, <laughs> If my if the if the holes just, this okay, a, just, let's this just a weird sentence to say here, right? Like, let's just why don't go ahead. If what do you really want to say here? Listen, all right, get your mind out of the gutter, everybody. I'm gonna say the sentence, and we're all gonna move on. All right. If the holes in the balls were like <laughs> fit my finger, you know what? Never mind. Never mind. All right. Yes, the the heaviness of the balls plays a factor. Is all, is all is what I'm gonna say. Just get the lighter ball, bless. Just get the lighter ball. Yeah. Yeah, but the holes. Always that me. guy. The holes are too small in the lot. Right? I mean, I can't think really? of them. You're not can't looking hard enough. There are always, no, I'm asking other questions that I don't want the answers to. You know what? Always, the point there, is, there are also lighter balls with like uh, with uh, different hole sizes. Bless, you're just not looking hard mm -hmm. enough. You're just not dedicated mm -hmm. to the fucking game enough. Bless, I, the need craft. Get, I need you to listen. I'm not throwing. I'm not throwing shade at bowling, bowling. By the way, when we eventually do well, an in real life bowling stream, okay, blessing. All right. I'm. I'm. This is me not throwing shade at bowling because I do think bowling is a very fun time. I'm just saying. We bowl, we bowling slash Nintendo Switch sports bowling is fucking amazing. It's a great. So you're telling me we have the option? Money's not a factor mm. to bowl on the Wii or to bowl in real life, and you're picking the Wii. I mean, I'm picking real life because you know I can bowl okay, on exactly. the Wii at any bowl. time. That's it. That's it. There you go. There I just you have go. more access. Like if I want to do it right now, I do it right now. Whereas like bowling in real life, it Fine, requires. Fine. Let's pretend you don't have house. that access. It's e you're leaving your house to go to someone else's house someone and play Wii house? bowling, or you're going to the bowling alley. Price is not a factor. What are you picking? Here's the thing. I'm more competitive in Wii bowling than real life bowling. And so if I'm trying to if I'm trying to like be sweaty out there, right? If I'm trying to go so for the that's why you the don't like real life bowling as much because you're not you're not good at it. Like you that's have you, you've caught me red-handed, all right? I fucking <laughs> yeah, suck at bowling. And that's what and that's you know, this is so like so random and so specific and like shout out to Kurt catching strays on this show because I'm like that's that's my beef with Kurt's statement. Like you just unceremonious like is it is it better or are you not good at bowling? And I'm not good at bowling either. Like you know, like I'm I have fun because I go with other people that also can't bowl. Like I'm not one of those people who can like pull up to the bowling league. Like I don't have my own shoes, you know. It's it's like, I like learn it, does every real time. life bowling have like the cool mini games where you know the the bowling lane will then like switch up and then you, you have platforms that are moving and no, shit. I don't think you can do that in real life. Those are just uh, gimmicks, you know, that are surface they're fun level. gimmicks. That are, they're just surface level to uh, uh, keep the kids around, you know. Bless. Someone chat no said real life bowling is expensive. It is. I forgot how much bowling costs. Like I went the other day with my boyfriend, and I was like, "Oh, this is yeah. like money. Like this is a, an event that we're Growing at right up, now." Growing up, the only like, way I could justify doing it was like being in a bowling league. Those were like a, a great couple mm -hmm. of years of my childhood. Yeah. Also, bowling shoes well, are tacky. Or you have a really big group of people where it's like, you know, you what you split the cost of the lane enough that it kind of offsets it. Anyway, so with this game, right? We sport, mm. uh, not we sports, you switch sports, totally different. Um, yeah, I mean, this sounds like what I expected these kind of reviews to be like. Um, pretty uh, middling. Like, if, if you want a multiplayer thing, check it out. Um, if not, maybe not. Uh, for me, I think this is going to be one that I pass on, um, like, unless, like, you know, if I am able to like get access, that would be cool just to try it out and be part of the conversation. But I think for me as like a personal player, like it's I don't think I have enough reasons to like I'm not in that situation enough where like, oh, there's a bunch of people over. We need something to play. We don't want to do Mario Kart or Mario Party or like the many other, in my opinion, what basically these, these reviews like seem that more compelling options to me for multiplayer um fun i do think there's like you know something unique and novel to like that's that switch or wii sports kind of genre and style but i also yeah. feel like the thing that i feel from these recent releases from the switch of like trying to recapture the past and like you can't like the i think there was like even though i don't like the wii there was a magic to the wii there was a moment to the wii and i think too many times because the switch has the joy con and the motion control capability it's like well why don't we just do it again like and why isn't it hitting the same like i feel like it, it kind of 
was the perfect storm of having maybe certain elements be straight up better, like they mentioned in these reviews, like, you know, lack of like certain single player elements. So yeah, maybe the game is just straight up better. But I also think it was a moment in time where people were excited to game in a way that felt kind of completely different than what was the norm, even though like, you know, they didn't invent motion controls, but it kind of put it at the forefront in a big way and it, yeah. and it worked mostly kind of. So there, that was kind of the shtick of that whole console. Here are the Switch, it is great that it has like those capabilities and I love games that use it and I think more innovative ways like Ring Fit Adventure is obviously trying to like echo some elements of Wii Fit, but it's a totally different game that doesn't feel or play nearly the same as what Wii Fit did. You know, there's not a balance board. It's not yoga focused. Like it does its own thing and it has its own thing to say. And I feel like with what I'm seeing from like Switch Sports and some of these other like callbacks to like, let's bring back this old franchise or old thing that did well on the Wii. It doesn't it just doesn't hit the same because it's not quite pushing enough. I think it's trying to replicate a moment in time that has passed. And I think that's why it kind of ends up falling flat for a lot of people and why I don't think we're going to see, you know, a crazy, you know, we talk about resurgences or like the hype. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's going to be a big splash surrounding Switch sports other than like maybe it'll win best family game because it's finally actually a family uh, game. I like don't know. Mario Strikers is coming out yeah. in a few months. Like I and that's my thing is I I've been playing uh, Nintendo Switch sports for the review and it's important to point out, right? Like a lot of the reviews right now are reviews in progress. Uh, GameSpot, uh, their review is a review in progress, and I talked about it yesterday on uh, Kind of Funny Gamescast, and I filed my review as a review in progress because the online isn't available. And I think that's the yeah. thing that is going to make or break the experience for a lot of people because playing offline, I think the thing that is very evident, uh, or at least the, 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 the thing that is immediately noticeable when you when you play Nintendo Switch Sports is the fact that it feels very bare bones in terms of any sort of progression or any any sort of care on the stick. It feels purely like a a party game. Um, and so especially if you're playing it alone, if you're playing it alone, I'm like, dude, this this is not the one. I can see playing multiplayer and how that would be a fun time based on how fun of a time it was playing Wii Tennis back in the day or playing uh, Wii Bowling back in the day. I am sad that this is not baseball here because baseball I thought was such a fun game. That was that was my favorite Wii Sports game. But then you also have things like soccer, which is a new addition that I think under delivers. I think there's so much they could have done with it that doesn't capture the fun of traditional sports soccer or Rocket League, which is, it seems like the thing that they're really trying to lean into with the big ball, the big the big goal, the physics uh, stuff and like the way the game flows. It feels like it's missing out a lot on the stuff that makes that special. And you know, I like I find it hard to think of, of a reason for me to want to go back and pick up Nintendo Switch Sports right now without online. Once online comes through, I could see myself getting into the competitive nature of it, especially if players are like really good at tennis or really good at certain sports. Right. Like I like the idea of having that back and forth and going, oh, shit. All right. This guy is fucking great at tennis. Let me face him until I beat him at tennis and then also unlock this new racket or unlock this new gear or unlock this, this brand new thing. And that translates from sport to sport in a way that I think could be exciting. But I think the thing is, does it have the depth? Will this be a thing where, you know, like I play a lot of fighting games. When I'm when I pick up Mortal Kombat, I feel like I'm still digging into to, to features and mechanics there years later because there's so much depth. Nintendo Switch Sports in the unfair to compare to a fighting game, but even comparing it to Knockout City or like other games mm -hmm. that I would say are casual multiplayer games that you'd hop into that you can play on a competitive level, I find it very difficult to find the depth here that even exists beyond what was there in Wii Sports, right? Again, Wii Sports was the thing you busted out because you got it with your Wii and then you played it with your relatives or your friends when they'd come over because it was, it was the game that every single person had. Um, and it was a fun, it was fun with the gimmick, right? Like Wii Sports was so much a moment in time because mo motion controls felt new and fresh, right? Like these games worked well everybody had it and we're like local multiplayer was even more of a thing then than it is now like i find it hard to find the situations where like i'm inviting people over and i'm like yo let's bust out the nintendo switch sports <clears throat> especially after buying it for 40 dollars. like i'm blessed because i'm a games review reviewer right and so like i don't have to pay for it but for the people that will have to pay for it is it worth 40 dollars? i think that is you need the those joy con too like bringing your joy yeah. to the yeah. to the event, I guess. I mean, I have end up having multiples of those, but that's because I ha I live with people that have switches, so that becomes easier. Um, one really quick thing I want to ask you before I move on is you mm. mentioned the online kind of being the make or break for you in terms of like, does this game have more legs than it seems at this point in your review process? What do you need from the online for you to feel like, yeah, this is going to give it the legs? Because we all know Nintendo is notoriously awful for online. Their best online is still one of the weakest online experiences that you can have like mm -hmm. in online gaming. So like, what do you need from that to feel like, OK, this is something I'm interested in and you know want to recommend to people? 
I need it to be I need it to be polished, right? Like I need the net code to be good. I need it to not have the the typical switch uh, disconnection errors that you'll get while playing a, a Mario Kart or other online games, right? That like it seems like they've they've fixed some over the time, but uh, but still hasn't become perfect in terms of online feeling uh, 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 tight, quick, and polished. And so I need that first and foremost. I need progression. I need a carrot on the stick. And it seems like gear and cosmetics are going to be that. And I need that shit to hit. I need that shit to be dope. I need I need myself to like see a certain racket and, and, and go, man, I really want that. And then have the drive to actually want to chase it um, because the gameplay and the, and the connectivity is backing that up. Like I, that, that's what I need. Um, and even then, like, I don't think that's going to turn the experience into something that is groundbreaking or like, you know, totally like, it, it, I don't think that's going to make the game different, but I think that mm -hmm. would make it engaging. Like, I think that's enough to turn it from a seven to an eight for maybe some of these outlets. Um, and so that's the thing that I'm kind of wait, I'm kind of waiting on. And that's the thing I'm excited to try out. Again, the game comes out on Friday and right now I am excited for it to come out so that I can try out online and see if that hooks me way more. If it doesn't, then this will be the game that I put on the shelf for if, if I have a friend over, boom, we're going to play some Switch Sports. If not, then I'm not, I might never boot up this game again, but we'll see. Like, mm -hmm. that's kind of where I follow it right now. Janet, before we move on to story number three, I want to people out there know that they can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames so they can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. Hey, computer people, announced at CES and available now, the latest generation of Razer Blades feature all new NVIDIA GeForce RTX 30 series GPUs and up to an RTX 3080 Ti featuring a suite of cutting edge features to improve gameplay, including NVIDIA Reflex. NVIDIA Reflex delivers the ultimate competitive advantage, the lowest latency, the best responsiveness. Get the competitive edge you need at sub 25 milliseconds. And I asked the one, the only, the Nitro Rifle. Andy Cortez is that good? And he said, ooh wee, sub 25 milliseconds is great. And I said, that's fantastic. Acquire targets faster, react quicker, and increase aim precision in the most competitive games such as Apex Legends, Fortnite, Call of Duty, and more. Learn more about the Razer Blades powered by NVIDIA GPUs with NVIDIA Reflex technology at Razer.com. When I needed a printer, I turned to Twitter and so many of you told me brother was the way to go. For more than a year now, Jen and I have been using our brother printer for immigration paperwork, baby paperwork, and a million other things. It's been great, but you know what printers need? Ink. And while it used to be a hassle to get ink, Brother's Refresh Easy print subscription has made it easy. The Brother Refresh Easy print subscription service is a printing plan that is based on the number of pages you print. You choose a monthly plan based on your print volume needs, color, black and white, and all print for one monthly cost. And instead of having to remember to buy replacement ink cartridges, your printer does the work for you through an intelligent ink and toner level monitoring feature that tracks the remaining amount of ink or toner and orders it before you run out. The Brother Refresh Easy print subscription service is a convenient, worry-free way to print. Each plan is flexible and you can change or cancel your subscription at any time. So what are you waiting for? Stop running out of ink when you need it most and put your printer to work with the Brother Refresh Easy print subscription service by signing up at brother-usa.com slash print with refresh. Again, that's brother-usa.com print with refresh to sign up for the Brother Refresh Easy print subscription service and stop worrying about your ink levels. All right, guys, let's chat skincare. If your skincare routine is basically you washing your face in the shower with that one shower gel that you've been using since high school, then it's time to level up your skincare game. Because as it turns out, that regular body wash you've been using that you thought was good enough is probably damaging your skin. But thanks to Lumen, you can drop that bottle of three-in-one and start using products that actually take care of your skin. With Lumen, you get the highest quality products. All their products aim to help with those stubborn acne scars, under eye circles, wrinkles, sun damage, dry skin, oily skin, you name it, it's all there. Starting with Lumen is easy. All you have to do is take a two-minute quiz on their website and they'll tell you exactly which routine is best for your skincare needs. Gia's been using the charcoal face wash and charcoal face scrub and she feels so fresh afterward. She has dry skin, so especially during the winter, it's nice to have that hydration and exfoliation. Also, she's a big fan of the really subtle citrus smell. Level up your skincare game with Lumen Skin today. Go to lumenskin.com slash kindoffunny to get your free trial of Lumen's products. That's L-U-M-I-N skin.com slash kindoffunny for a free trial. Lumenskin.com slash kindoffunny. Story number three, Janet. Nearly 60 games are reportedly leaving PS Now before the new PS Plus replaces it. This is Chris Golian at Video Games Chronicle. 
Nearly 60 games are set to leave the PlayStation Now service next month before it becomes part of Sony's revamped PlayStation Plus scheme. PS Now, which is a subscription service that gives players access to a variety of PS2, PS3, and PS4 games, will be closing down in the summer and replaced with the new-tiered PS Plus system, which incorporates the features of PS Now in its higher tiers. However, Reddit user Cobra underscore Byte has noted that a number of games currently available on PlayStation Now either currently show expiry expiry jan how do you pronounce expiration i think just just say expiration i'll just say expiration dates yeah i don't know what's up with that (laughs) uh they currently show expiration dates in may or are sporadically showing them on and off this implies that unless they're renewed at least 56 games currently on playstation now will not be available on the revamped playstation plus which alludes to a thing that i want to give a shout out to barrett barrett uh, alluded to this when they first announced it because there was a lower number of games that they mentioned would be available on playstation plus i think regarding like I think it was like the PS4 games. Maybe it was the total. That was like slightly, slightly less. And Barrett was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, the full list can be found on Reddit, but notable notable titles include a large number of Sega games, as well as some Metal Gear Solid titles. Highlights from the list include uh, Akiba's Beat and Akiba's Trip, Castlevania, Lord of Shadow, Catherine, Metal Gear Rising, Metal Gear Solid 4, Metal Gear Solid 5 and Ground Zeroes, Silent Hill HD Collection, Sonic Forces, Sonic Generations, Sonic Mania, Sonic Unleashed, Team Sonic, a lot of Sonic games, basically. Valkyria Chronicles Remastered, Virtual uh, Fighter 5, Yakuza 4, and Yakuza 5. Do we, Janet, or Bear, go ahead. Really quick, do we think Sega uh, pulling a lot of the their games and stuff? Do we think we don't see a lot of that, a lot of their games then, or none of their games for this new like PS Plus? Do you think that this is them trying to opt out? Because really, I can... what I'm asking, bless, is like, mm. are we seeing any Persona games on this? Uh, on this <sighs> thing? I mean, you also speaking of this, right? Like, um, uh, a good reminder for people: Persona Five is uh, getting taken off of the PlayStation Plus collection, yeah, uh, soon, right? In like a couple of weeks, and so like maybe. Right, like if so it's getting taken off the collection. You can ask Barrett if you should play the place. If you should play the, the collection, person. or if you should buy Royale, because one of them is free for you and one isn't. So yeah. it's like get those the questions in now Royal. before. And I don't want the the Xbox kids to because they've been saying this for a fucking year at this point of oh Persona's gonna come to X. It's not gonna come to Xbox, but I do wonder if this is Sega being like, yeah, this deal just in general isn't isn't what we're looking for or something yeah. like that. I could I I could see this being a thing of uh yeah, like we're we're not feeling this 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 deal right or like we want a re um renegotiation if since you guys are changing the format of what this the service is and maybe that just didn't happen. Um or maybe it's a thing of this is always going to happen, right? Even if PlayStation Now stayed PlayStation Now, Sega these Sega games are going to leave and maybe Sega's planning a thing of their own. Maybe they are like focused on a game pass thing or maybe they are working on sega pass where you can play all the sonic games for one dollar a month um and i think it could be a lot of things but i do i could i do see it as a sign that i think we'll likely not see a lot of sega games on the new playstation playstation plus service which i think is fine right like you're not going to see like games from every publisher on this thing right it's going to be a, a select um collection of games that said, yeah, like I would have loved it to have a Persona game, like Persona Five or Persona uh, Persona Four. In fact, like I still kind of expected to have Pers- Persona Revelations, right, or the games that were on the PlayStation Classic collection, because that's mm-hmm. always been my theory is that I think we'll see all those games uh, in the new play- PlayStation Plus um, Retro collection. But it is uh, still wait and see. But Janet, like, where are you at with this new story? So a couple things. One, expiry uh, is a British phrase. That's why you're like, what is this mm. word? Um, two, Chris I guess it's, Video Games Chronicle, British. So I guess expiry dates is a term that I've seen used from a quick Google, usually used in relation to like a product not being able to be sold or eaten. Um, I will say when I look it up in Merriam-Webster, though, it does come up as a noun. And I think the other thing that tripped you up is it's used as an adjectival in the sentence. What kind of dates are they? The expiry oh, dates? Did you say a- so, adge- adjectival? Yeah, so like you know, it's just a fancier way to say adjective because not every not every I love that. thing that's functioning as an adjective is a proper you. adjective. Yeah, I studied uh, grammar and politics for like part of in order to get like certification in secondary education and get my English degree. I had to take one specific course on grammar and politics where they're like, oh, actually, adjectives aren't just adjectives. Like, kind of anything could be an adjective if it's, if it's modifying a noun. Like, it's an adjectival phrase. That's why you say adjectival and not just adjective because an adjective is like it's describing a noun just generally. But anything can be can function as an adjectival if it's placed in the right thing, even like a phrase like, you know, what kind of thing, a thing, the thing, like when you do the sentence diagramming. So that's a quick grammar thing on that end, you know, new things. That's why I appreciate having you on the show, because I learn things every single week. 
Yeah, like, oh, man, God, actually having to study grammar when you like, especially if you've grown up, you know, obviously, like, if you live in America and you've grown up speaking English and you already have that as your first language, you probably didn't really like, you did some grammar to like learn how to read and write, but it's not as deep as like someone that has to learn at a deeper level as like a secondary language. So you learn a lot more mm. if you're a native speaker, if you really like start to get into the, the granularity of it. Like, I always think that my dad probably knows grammar more than I do because he had to learn it because Spanish is his first language. So he had to like really study it mm. anyway. That's grammar for PlayStation stuff. I think this could go either way. It could just be part of shifting over. Like we have to cut this off early to get this on this like kind of new revamp service. It could mean we're not going to see these games at all. It could mean that we're going to see them, but rolled out slowly over time because that's the other there's like so many questions still surrounding this service of like what is the cadence of releases? How big are these libraries going to get? You know what? How how are we going to get like something refreshed that's compelling that is going to be I think a monthly positive conversation talking point, you know, mm -hmm. where like right now we have PS plus and that's pretty like base PS plus as we know it is fairly strong where, you know, usually there's at least one, maybe even two, sometimes like our, you know, at top tier three games that are like of note that are interesting, that are good, that are, that feel like strong months. And then of course there's plenty of like weak months that get thrown in there too, um, that are maybe like less exciting for like the vast majority of players and every now and then we get a weird thing like when we had a part of the game is on there but part isn't like but that's kind of a rarity right ps plus is sort of established as being a solid product now that's being revamped to these extra tiers all eyes are on these tiers on like is this good is it good enough what does or doesn't it have and the thing that i think is uh, worrying sounds dramatic but what I'm kind of seeing as I look into the crystal ball of this service is like, oh, man, and this is like no indictment on like the article pointed out, because obviously it's going to be a talking point for people. But like people are really going to be looking at like this, that higher tier that is kind of incorporating what is currently PlayStation now and saying like, what is it missing? Is it cutting? Con you know, there's I think that's going to be a lot of the conversation, unfortunately, for that service, because it is pretty much incorporating an older service into it, like they have the same kind of general goal. So people are going to be looking over that with a fine tooth comb and saying, hey, you took, you know, you, this is a worse deal than what we had before. Even if, you know, we can argue that it, it maybe is or isn't, or that's the same difference. Um, but that's going to be a big talking point. So I definitely have as like someone that, you know, we do a PlayStation podcast, obviously, who, who wouldn't want something you like to be successful? I definitely am worried about what does that initial launch look like and what is the cadence of releases and how is it going to be compelling and feel like it's not just PlayStation now, but worse, but that it's like pushing play, the, the idea of, of, I think, older games on a service that's pushing that forward in a positive way. And I think this story indicates ways that maybe it won't feel that way, at least not out the gate, which is not a shocking thing to think about, but it is, I think, going to be a big negative talking point if this ends up kind of being how it is at launch. Yeah, I, I'm right now I'm at a place where I'm looking at this list and I'm not going to, I don't want to freak out about it yet, right? Like I'm, I'm holding judgment until um, we get more information because like, and like there's a lot of Sega games, there's also a lot of Konami games, notably all these Metal Gear games, right? Metal Gear Rising, Metal Gear Solid 4, Metal Gear Solid 5 and Ground Zeroes. I... And there's the 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 um, Castlevania games as well, and Silent Hill HD collection, right? So a lot of Konami in there. I find it so hard to believe that when this launches in the PS3 library, we're not going to have Metal Gear Solid 4. Um, and there won't be a, a way to play Metal Gear Solid 4 on a modern console whatsoever, yeah. right? Like, that would be the uh, that would be <laughs> such a loss. <laughs> yeah. And I think people would riot. Unless they're working... I just put, they're, that, I just put that together. Like, that's the only way... Unless you have a PS3 yeah. with, like, the disc version or whatever, or own it digitally, like, that's the only way to play it on modern consoles is through PS Now. That's fucking hilarious. I think the only reason why that would happen is if they're working on an actual remaster or re-release of these Metal Gear Solid games, uh, in which that would be exciting. But... Unless that's the case, I think that would be a that'd be a dramatic loss to not have Metal Gear Solid 4 on the service. In fact, having it taken off of the PlayStation Now uh, and taken away from people like that, I think would be uh, terrible. And so, like, I'm like hold, I'm holding judgment because I can't believe that's the case. And like again, like this is you know us reading a report that is them looking at a Reddit user who looked at like the PlayStation Now dates and all that stuff, right? Like. A lot of this is unconfirmed up in the air in terms of what is PlayStation's actual plan with this stuff and what are these publishers' actual plans with this stuff. But it's very interesting to look at, and I think it's something to be, like, a tiny bit concerned about, right? Like, have a, a grain of salt of concern, a new phrase I'm inventing. But don't – I'm not going to freak out about it yet. For now, Janet. Let's hop in to story number four. Twitch is revamping creator pay, something you may want to freak out about. This is Cecilia uh, D'Anastasio at Bloomberg. 
Twitch is weighing potential changes to how it pays top talent, said people familiar with the planning, an effort that would boost its profits, but would also risk alienating some of its biggest stars. The updates under consideration would offer incentives for streamers to run more ads. The proposal would also reduce the proportion of subscription fees doled out to the, to the site's biggest performers. Some changes to Twitch's monetization uh, structure could be implemented as soon as this summer. Twitch staff is considering paring back the revenue cut of channel subscriptions granted to the top echelon of, of streamers and its so-called partnerships program to 50% from 70%. Another option is to create multiple tiers and set criteria for how to qualify for each one, uh, two of the people said. In exchange, Twitch may offer to release partners from exclusivity restrictions, allowing them to stream on Google's YouTube or Facebook. Updates to the partnerships program aren't finalized and could be abandoned. Janet, thoughts? Um, I think that's a wild thing to have them suggest like I don't know anyone who, you know, partnered or not, like highest deal or not, like Ha is ha super happy about like how Twitch revenue is cut to begin with. I think the fact that even at like the uh, you know affiliate tier, which is like the lowest like I guess level you can have on Twitch where you're getting money, like you need to be an affiliate to get subs, uh, which basically just means that you need to I think have like a certain amount of followers and like I think on average like three concurrent viewers and like X amount of hours streamed. That's how you get affiliate. Um, but there are a lot of people that like you know that takes a while when you first start out to like build that even. Um, so yeah, for it to the idea for like the people at the highest to get knocked down from 70 to 50, which 50 is already like too low for I think anybody. It is like one of the most aggressive um, revenue cuts of like any platform that I personally really work on, or I think that, or what, and I don't know what YouTube does over there, so I don't want to like you know speak for all of streaming, but it is a lot. Like, and whenever I tell people who like aren't aware that like the general like base cut is at 50%, they're like that's a lot that is like an intense amount and that's why a lot of people you see a lot of conversation in the twitch community around like sub off twitch like if you want to give me five dollars you're better off doing that through patreon or paypaling me the five dollars or doing anything than like running it through subs because you see only half of that um it makes it also just like then you know to really emphasize how rough that is is it becomes such a struggle to i think make a living off of Twitch or even just make Twitch a nice viable part of your income. Someone in chat says YouTube takes about 45%. I'm not sure offhand again, if that's right, codify.com slash you're wrong. But yeah, it's, a, it's super aggressive. Um, and I think the idea of cutting this back and then also with a combination of opening up exclusivity, exclusivity restrictions, um, that's good for users to like be able to do multi-streaming because it's definitely been, um, a rough part of, I think, Twitch terms of service as well. But I feel like that's kind of a lethal combination of now I can see what these other platforms might offer and then maybe like end up going there instead. I do think Twitch is huge and I love being on Twitch and I love some of the things that Twitch offers. And I liked I, I enjoy streaming on Twitch. We're on Twitch now. Right. Like I like the platform. But at the same time, like it I have to also consider and I think a lot of people consider where are other places that we can do the same thing? And it's not like, and obviously places have tried and failed, right? Mixer didn't end up taking off. So it's definitely not an easy thing to do successfully at scale. But um, yeah, I hope that it, like the thing about this like idea and it's not, you know, official or anything, but this is sort of a mixed bag of an update. And I feel like Twitch really has, I think, while it has a lot of strengths, it also has a lot of problems. And I would have hoped to see any additional updates made to creator pay to only be purely for the benefit of those content creators. And obviously they do have a business to run. Like I'm not trying to like act like, you know, they should just give everyone everything all the time. But yeah, this is a it's it's disappointing to think that finally breaking out of that 50 would there's a chance that that's no longer really possible for people because um, that 50 is like, I think so rough to begin with. Think, I mean, think about how much income you need to live. D now you have to double it. You'd have to generate double to be able to take home that. And you still get taxed on that too. So like what you take home from Twitch, you still have to pay 30% of that to the government. So like you're, it makes it really hard to like, feel like you're making a good sum of money um, on Twitch alone. Yeah, like this feels like a move that purely only benefits the company of Twitch and the Amazon as opposed to users, as opposed to like even the, the streamers or the, the viewers, right? Uh, Barry, what is this that you have pulled up? So this is a uh, friend, uh, you know, uh, a friend of the show uh, says, Re uh, read before you take away here, not much news outside the sources saying there could be uh, still being discussed. Uh, Twitch partner changes this summer, and it seems more so to suggest about dropping 70 to 50 percent share as an incentive around non-exclusivity. 
So it's news for big stars, maybe. So I think, yeah, yeah what people have been talking about this morning on Twitter, right, is the, you know, there are some big Twitch partners that were able to negotiate to a 70-30 split, because I think a lot of creators out there, uh, Andy was talking about uh, about it on Twitter as well, of like, uh, the kind of, like, basic one is 50-50, but some larger creators were able to negotiate higher. So I think the incentive for, you know, uh, dropping that down is the ability to not uh, exclusively stream on uh, Twitch. So I don't know if like that side of the news story is really going to be a benefit to smaller people uh, or smaller streamers and stuff like that. Um, if that really changes anything for them um, and, and all that stuff. So uh, yeah, just a, yeah. another angle to kind of like uh, take into mm -hmm. account here. Yeah, and important to note, right? Like that this isn't confirmed, right? This is the 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 thing that we're confirming here is that they're in conversations, right? And that is coming from uh, Bloomberg sources. But I think it is it is fascinating in the in the sense that again, like this seems like a such an anti Twitch audience slash Twitch streamer move, and seems so so purely uh, made for Amazon to get more money out of Twitch, which like makes sense for Twitch not necessarily being super profitable and Amazon being the gigantic corporation that it is that wants money out of their streaming service. Um, but also sucks, right? Like the the um, giving up the, the exclusivity, right? So that partners can then also stream on YouTube or on Facebook or on other platforms. I think that that is the the make good for what is ultimately them being like, all right, cool. <clears throat> Excuse me. Also, we're gonna take more, and also we're gonna have you run more ads, and also we're gonna like pare down the experience a bit, right? Like. I think that's a bummer, but I also think that there's a good chance that they see the backlash and go, oh, fuck, <laughs> let's figure out something that is going to be a bit more better for the the the, the streamers and also better for the audience. Um, will it be, will they swing the other way of like getting more people and more revenue, like cutting down that, that cut? No, like that is not gonna happen, but I could see them backpedaling on this, especially now that the re report is out and they're seeing the backlash. Cause like you go on, the, the first thing I did this morning was I saw this story is i went on twitter and i just typed in the word twitch just to see how people were talking about it and legitimately like all the big streamers are like yo what the fuck <laughs> like no we don't don't do this like this fucking sucks we don't like this um and so i don't i don't i would be surprised if this is one that actually sticks let's round out the Roper Report. With story number five, a new Disney life sim adventure game has been announced. This is Tom Ivan at Video Games Chronicle. Disney and developer Gameloft have announced Disney Dreamlight Valley, a new free-to-play life simulation adventure game. According to its official website, Disney Dreamlight Valley challenges players to restore a once idyllic village ruined by a mysterious event called The Forgetting. Quote, you'll need to build relationships with a cast of Disney and Pixar heroes and villains to uncover their lost memories and solve the mysteries of the valley, all while, marking, all while making your mark on the land by customizing your dream village and bringing out your Disney style or, pixel, or Pixar, ador, Pixar adoration with your avatar, end quote. The game is set to release in 2023 for Switch, PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X, Xbox One, PC, and Mac. Xbox Game Pass members and, uh, and players who purchase a Founders Pack will be able to join an early access phase this summer, which will be available on all platforms. Quote, Disney Dreamlight Valley will give our fans the opportunity to write their own story and build their ideal Disney and Pixar life with a richly detailed world populated with characters from some of Disney's most iconic stories, said Disney and Pixar Games Vice President Luigi Prior. Janet, as we're seeing the trailer play on the, the video right now, if you're watching the video version, right? This seems like Disney slash Pixar Animal Crossing, which yeah. sounds cool in theory, I'm, but does like, this I'm hit never, for you guys? I'm never going to see Alyssa again when this game comes out. <laughs> I was going to say, this seems like it's going to speak to specific people real hard. Oh, yeah. But it depends on, I think for me, yes, that it has like the potential to be like huge. I think like the life sim, farming sim, like super popular. Um, and obviously like Disney and Pixar, that, that hits really hard as well. Um, and I'm even someone that like, you know, I went on Game Pass and I, this is like a little bit apples and oranges, but I went on Game Pass and I played like what I've heard the name of the game, but it's like basically a sim of like Disney World or Disneyland or whatever, where you're walking around the park and you can go mm. on the rides and they're like weird virtual experiences. And honestly, it's really, really nauseating and it's not a good game. However, Disneyland it Adventures. Is, it, yes. Yes, that's the game. I think so. However, walking around the park, though, it does feel for a second there. You're like, nah, it's kind of cool. That is the park, though. So I feel like mm. if they kind of hit those beats um they have a ch it has potential and i think the fact that what you mentioned free to play i think that's also huge because then boom it eliminates having to think too much about it i can just try it i'm not risking anything i can just go in um i think this is gonna live and die on how it feels to control though because like 
you know, bring up again, apples and oranges, but like that Disneyland adventure game, it didn't matter that it had a lot of cool ideas because it didn't feel good. Um, so I think while, you know, jank and control, I mean, it's always going to be uh, to a degree subjective, but like for me and my interest, I like Disney fine. I'm not like a complete Disney stand. So maybe you could argue that this isn't like directly for me. But I'm someone that likes that genre and, and appreciates those characters. And, and for me, that's the big thing that I would be looking at trying something like this out. So I think it's going to that's going to be what's going to decide how successful it is. If it you know generally feels good to control if the, if the base design is sound, then the idea itself, that sounds really fun. And I think they have room to obviously grow that out with like more customization options, more op- more mini games, like whatever they can build, as long as at the core it feels fine moving around. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's really going to live and die by the, the gameplay. I think it's really going to be of like, you know, just like the, the characters you're interacting with and stuff like that. Just like, like the how much service. of that, like Disney magic almost from like Disneyland, like translates into the game for Disney fans. Right. Like, I think that's all that's really going to matter. Garrett, can you put that... some of the video back on the, on the screen? Cause I want to get a look of, of the gameplay again. Cause I, mean, I... There's barely anything. It's like, it's, this is all you shots. See, you, you see the character walking around, you know, like that's really it. Because I was, as I was watching this this trailer, I was like, oh man, this game looks like it's going to be, a, I could easily see this game being janky as hell, right? Like with the way they're, they're mean, running that, around with like the graphics, I was like, man, this looks like it would be janky. And then I read the description. I'm like, fuck, that sounds like such a good idea. And I'm kind of between you guys where I think, it, I think they are going to have to back this up with like, charm and like the things that made that make animal crossing animal crossing right or like the life sim games the life sim games which are interesting interesting things to work for right like interesting things to do like can i they're showing right now right fishing they're showing gardening they're showing cooking they're showing like all these cool things that speak to people who like these types of games but i think the loop being satisfying is the loop being satisfying i think is going to be the key thing i think it, it can have that level of jank if it doesn't feel like too much of a frustration frustration if you want to work toward creating a garden if you want to work toward building a house that gets bigger and bigger or building your disney neighborhood where you live next door to wally like i think i I think if that stuff hits so awesome (laughs) right like if that stuff hits i think that's going to be off the chain and they're going to have success but i i I, like i could see it being held back by the jankiness and then also like if they're nickel and diming you right this is free to play you know this is a game that is going to have microtransactions they're going to have to find ways to make money and if it does feel like a oh man i could garden or i could pay ten dollars to have my carrot garden automatically oh, make yeah, itself and I can, yeah you know i th- those are the, those are the ways that i can fall i can see this game kind of like under delivering but i think the the kernel of the idea of making this disney pixar world that you know again you can hang out you can meet um nemo nemo's walking around on the island you shake hands with nemo and you go man i can't believe i found you nemo like you can have those moments if you can have those moments i, I, I'm think like, I don't think incredible. you watched finding nemo <laughs> that's not how i went <laughs> was, was nemo not just a dude that got lost yeah, you know yeah, yeah like when he the, that scene where he gets legs tears right it's like what <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, also like, it's fine man they really were hitting the nail on the head by calling it dreamlight valley like having the word valley in the title of their game it's like yeah they they know who they're oh yeah like the stardew type oh yeah vibes uncanny valley no anyway <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. exactly janet i can't wait to see if this disney dreamlight valley game actually hits but it releasing is just so far away if i want to know what's coming out to mom and drop shops today where would i look the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts each and every weekday do you think they'll have dating in the game yeah someone asked can i date goofy <laughs> No, because I think they'd be like, "That's not pure. It's not. It's not pure Disney." Also, they're not gonna give the like the, says, the character quest like in Stardew, where you can, you know, you can marry somebody. Go- and- um, Goofy's like, "Oh man, I like fuck. I lost my dog again." You know, he is a, a dog. Can I marry find his dog? Like, I don't like this question. fan fiction where this is going. You return um, the dog, and Goofy's like leans in <laughs> for a kiss. Wasted bandwidth in the chat says, "Hey, I'm fucking walking here, Nemo." <laughs> <laughs> which is hilarious um but yeah no i don't think you're gonna be able to to fuck these disney characters if that's what you're asking man i man I, it, it brings me back and I, I i don't think we referenced this episode anymore <laughs> it was an old kind of funny thing that was like which the disney princesses are hot kind of thing and okay. like it would come full circle it would come full circle right like finally give me the option disney that's all i'm asking that's all i'm asking out Ranking today we disney got characters based on hotness wait what was that like ranking the Disney characters based on hotness. I forget the exact premise. It of the gets really scary really uh, fast. It was though. like it was yeah. like the well, first piece of kind of funny content ever. <laughs> yeah, so ever made. Was, yeah. 
Out today, we got Abyss Memory, Fallen Angel, and the Path of Magic for PC and Switch, a long-ass title. Uh, the Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe for PC, PS4, PS5, hey. Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and Switch, which I can't wait to boot up. Vampire the Masquerade Blunt Blood Hunt is out today for PC and PS5. We also got new dates for you. Uh, Mothman 1966 is coming to consoles and PC july 14th 2022 uh sonic 2 the movie will be available to stream on paramount plus on may 24th 2022 yeah. hell yeah and then survival quiz city kicks off a free weekend thursday april 28th and that game is a game that i see uh continually come up in my emails from pr and every time i check it out i'm like oh this looks like a fun time i should try it and then don't end up trying it maybe i'll try it this weekend uh with the free weekend because it looks like fall guys but more quizzy and you know me i love a quiz and so i might get in there uh deals of the day for you uh this is from ryan dinsdale at ign the original two elder scrolls games are available on steam for the first time ever and they are free uh 1994's the elder scrolls arena and 1996's the elder scrolls 2 daggerfall have arrived on steam ahead of bethesda's own game launcher uh being retired next month and then uh ps plus for may has been officially announced it was leaked yesterday they talked about it on the show yesterday but now we have the official confirmation that you're getting fifa 22 for ps4 and ps5 tribes of midgard for ps4 and ps5 and then curse of the dead gods for ps4 curse of the dead gods pretty cool game if you like hades maybe you should check that one out and then fifa if you like soccer and kicking balls uh <laughs> get into some fifa 22 tribes of midgard is also a game uh janet now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Rewrite and let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash games and podcast services around the globe. Frank24Bill writes in for a you're wrong for Gamescast, which usually I wouldn't accept, but it's a really good one because... I knew that we were wrong as we were talking about it. Um, he writes in and says, On Gamescast, Blessing could remember the name of one of the moves in volleyball. Greg and Andy called it a pass, but it is called a bump. Bump, set, spike. I couldn't remember the name of the bump, and I knew uh, as they said pass. I was like, it's not pass, but I can't I think, think of what else what it is. I think that's what you're taught in school. I think that's what you're taught in school, though. Like, when you're just mm. in gym class, like, maybe when you, you're actually getting into, like, um volleyball like uh, leagues and shit like that they uh, you know they call it a bump but like i when they brought up pass i was like oh yeah like that's i remember that from elementary school mm. uh nano writes in and says youtube takes a 30 percent cut uh thank you for that nano and I'm then in. and then that's it that's it i have, I have wrong. Wrong. um what's that it's uh switch sports uh will not be able to take family game of the year whatsoever in the year of our lord kirby Oh yeah. Is that a family? Well, I guess that's cool. It is because it has multiplayer. Every Nintendo game is a family game, whether it's uh, multiplayer or not. That's didn't they try to put Ring Fit Adventure up for family game as well? (laughs) Wait, did they? I think they did. We have to look that up. Can't play that game with your family. I feel like someone. They also showed that game. They marketed that game as a multiplayer game. They were like, and then you pass the ring to someone. I'm like, I'm not doing that. No one. No one does. I guess they have the other modes that are like the rhythm modes and shit that you can pass back and forth. But they didn't have that rhythm mode when it launched either. So anyway, whatever. Oh, that's hilarious. Tomorrow's hosts for Kind of Funny Games Daily are Greg and me. If you're watching this live on Twitch right now, after this is Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt with Mike, Andy, and Nick. If you want to catch that stream later. I think they might be pivoting because I just got a thumbnail in uh, Slack that is maybe some Myth Force possibly. So they they might be bumping around uh, back and forth between some games. We'll see. Look forward to that, of course. You can check that out later on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Plays. Remember this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. So stick around for that. Otherwise, till next time, game daily.